I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, and joining me on the other line from the bridge of the USS Excelsior is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. No. No? No. There's a ship called the MV Adolphus Bush. And I feel like maybe that is what it should be, the USS Adolphus Boosh. From the bridge of the Adolphus Boosh, your girl Katie Beck. Or the the Alba Namara. Ooh, the Alba Namara. Whatever nautical site you're on right now, whatever ship naming site you're on. It's ships uh, made in Scotland. Oh, God, of course it is. Friends, this is very appropriate because you are listening to episode 199. Like the sound of waves. <laughs> Why is it episode 199 S? Because we refuse to recognize episode 200 until such time as we can properly commemorate it, like, you know, in person, not over the phone, at the bare minimum. That would be nice. When's that going to happen? I don't know. Possibly never. If 4,000 people can't keep their asses at home on a Saturday in Toronto, because they don't like masks, because the rest of us are out here like, woo, yay, masks, and we're like forcing the rest of you to wear them. Dipshits. It makes my face sweaty. <laughs> it get, it makes your face sweaty. It makes my favorite is like the constant fearing that I do have corona because I've just been like shooting the hot air of my own mouth up into my eyes and forehead all day. So I just have like a weird like yeah. sensation all in my upper face. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got the corona. No, dummy. If you exhale into your own eyeballs for four hours at a time, it's going to feel weird. Anyway. If you want to listen to any of our other 199 episodes or any of our other episode 199s, look up the title of this program, Geek Down Podcast, wherever you get your audio content, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, what have you. And henceforth, if you click follow or subscribe, a man who always adheres to the advice of his local public health authority, your man's... Sir Chauncey Frostilicus III, geek down internet elf. He is going to safely, at your door, socially distant, leave new episodes of this program directly on your device. You'll never even know he was there. He's nope. that like good. A wi- like the wind. <laughs> like the wind. Like the breeze across your face on the deck of the, what the fuck was it already? Amuse bouche? It's, it's the USS Alba Namara. Which oh, is... you've changed it already. No, I said it it was the Alba. I said Alba Namara. That's because I was like, no, forget the Boosh. I want the Alba Namara, which is a right now a marine research vessel, which oh. is perfect. So I could be like a planetary research vessel, the Alba Namara, and I am the XO. Sure to all of that. Why are we making this joke? Because Caitlin forgot her normal headset at work. <laughs> So she's got a you senior correspondence, uh, you know, Apex gaming headset <laughs> that I'm sure is covering half of her face. It is like it's, the helmet in the like the know. helmet in the last Starfighter. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> I basically have like a bucket of headphones on my head, 
and there's like buttons I keep on pushing and oh and also I have a very large face. This is true. So it you would think it would be like a good fit, but it's just uncomfortable. So and hopefully it doesn't come through on the actual broadcast, but in my headphones occasionally I will hear low rumbling hums like the sound of, uh, you know, main engineering on Starship Enterprise. So, yeah. hence hence the jokes about Caitlin being on a ship. Of course, Caitlin just wants to be on a nautical vessel made in Scotland, but... No, no, I want to be on a spaceship. I hate nautical vessels because they're on water, and water is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Friends, if you would like to share your thoughts on water and why it's terrifying, because you want to be correct, like us, get at us on any socials, primarily Twitter. That's where we tend to hang out the most. I mean, there is a Facebook. Me. Caitlin's domain. I let her I let her ride with it. I let her hang out in the food court. I like old malls. She's just, she's just out in the parking lot bringing back wayward carts. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I Put, would do. Putting them back, putting them back in the corral. <laughs> Always count on your girl to do. Not even my job. It's not. <laughs> you just no. there was nothing else she'd rather do that day. The uh, cart guy is like, uh, same. <laughs> Some teenager in a vest is like, I'm supposed to do that job. You're not doing it fast <laughs> enough. Friends, I mean, what else do we normally talk about in the preamble? I mean, finances, I guess. Ugh, whatever. Is the finances? Patre- is the Patreon ever coming back? Probably not. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if you want... If I you- going to be like, finances? We're not adults. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you want to support this endeavor financially, you can always buy us a coffee. KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod. We greatly appreciate it. I did get an email from Coffee. 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 To let me know that uh, apparently they have added a storefront option to their website. So maybe if we ever did actually get, you know, merch, bring back the old weeb tears mug or what have you, oh we, could, God, we yes. could proffer it on that site just in time for the holiday season. If you're having any sort of holiday season, you need to ship things to your friends and relatives because you will not see them in person. What, what 2020? Um, yeah, I think that's it for the preamble. If you were on Twitter this week, you would have seen Three of the 33 pages of Caitlin's car component PowerPoint presentation. What a cool guy you are. Which, I mean, I know I made the joke that like, oh, okay, you should send it to me. I'll put it on the Twitter. And I think when I said that, I, I, I thought I had an idea of how it would be. And then Kate sent it to me and I was like, no, of course. <laughs> Why would I ever doubt that once this, once Microsoft Office was involved, your girl would do the absolute most? <laughs> it was breathtaking. Like, I literally, I have no words for it. I never thought I could care so much about the components of an automobile. <laughs> so Caitlin McKinnon um, laid them out in a PowerPoint. So, Kate, how's driving school? Well, okay, so here, there are a couple of things to this. So, driving school is only two weekends because mm-hmm. you do five hours a day on Saturday and Sunday. So driving that part of driving school is over. I actually start in-car lessons next weekend. Um, and the teacher on the first Saturday was like, okay, so everyone's going to do a project on something. It can be a poster. It can be a PowerPoint. It could be something you just read out to the class. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, and she said, okay, so 
who everyone these are the list of topics everyone picked their topic so I had like a first a second a third topic because you know how you know she'll go around the room and I know someone's going to take the topic I want but they didn't and I picked car components because I was legitimately interested in what I would be buggying around in like I know how horses work I don't know how cars work um and I'm, I think that's important. I think it's important to know the the death machine that you are driving around. Like, listen, listen, friends. Work? Let me just give you – let me just read you an excerpt because you may be wondering, why do I need to know the components of the car? Oh, second slide. Your girl had it covered. Mm-hmm. Understanding your vehicle will help you operate it safely. It will help when it comes time for maintenance and general repairs. It will assist in emergency situations for increased enjoyment and confidence in the operation of the vehicle – fucking breathtaking (laughs) well legitimately though legitimately if you know how magical a fucking coolant system is you're like this i'm basically riding around on a miracle this is this is philip basically you just is a unicorn you know i'm just filling this segment with drops of mr burns driving himself (laughs) beep beep out of my way <laughs> basically um but so when we picked we didn't know what day we'd be going on and me and this other girl um were on the next day on oh, sunday p- pity that pity that poor girl pity that girl who probably well, just came in with some poster board she didn't know she was going to get her ass eaten like that <laughs> caitlin mckinnon it, came it through got, with the 360 even, degree powerpoint dunk on her ass it got even worse but we'll get to that. So here's the other point. The other point is that I've never felt so old in my life because I was just surrounded by 16-year-olds. Um, and it's weird being, you know, literally like twice their age. Um, and just see remembering what that was like versus like how I look back on it Mm -hmm. and seeing them it was a very strange experience um me and this girl were two of the oldest people in the class same situation just never got our license mine was because I didn't need to because I lived in Toronto for so many years and I wasn't getting a car anytime soon so why would I go through all the trouble and then hers kind of was similar just never needed it mm-hmm. and finally it was like hey, you know we want some some independence um so not only was i first like before her but she literally was reading this like one paragraph oh, thing honey. and she told me after my presentation and the teacher made me give me her presentation i'm uh, sorry the teacher made me give her my presentation like after it was done like the whole time she was like this is amazing um she was like i need this presentation can i have it and i was like yes you can have it (laughs) i think what really took her breath away was the animation of the engine oh i don't think that translated on the oh what i was running the mobile devices i was running it on i don't think i don't think animations were captured oh no there are animations not just one (laughs) Multiple, like, multiple animations. Multiple, multiple animations, but specifically the like engine one. She was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> so I like, I didn't just even slam dunk 
on these kids. I like slam dunked on them so hard that the the ball like bounced and like hit me in the face, and I got a nosebleed. Yeah, and you like the, tore the backboard off, like glass shattered. But it wasn't everywhere. even. It wasn't like a cool thing. It was like I did it. I did so well that I was like extra nerdy because I was also a thirty four year old woman. <laughs> Making a PowerPoint slide. But, but listen, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, take a moment to shout out the uh, the wonders of being the mature student. Because when I went to journalism school, like, I had just lived longer than the kids I was around. So, like, yeah, the stuff I turned in was generally better just because I had had more time on this earth to like absorb things and learn things. And I just remember some I mean, like some twenty year old asking me like, "Why is your stuff so good?" And I was like, "I don't know how." Not to be. Wow. So I don't know when you went to journalism school. Two thousand five. I was late thirties, mid to late thirties. Okay, so I was in. I was like twenty four, twenty two, twenty four, twenty two, twenty three, maybe when I went to university for the Mm. first time. Even in those couple of years, (laughs) it was a world of difference. Like most of the kids I started out my program with got kicked out or dropped out mm. and like we're like it's way too difficult there's way too much reading like they couldn't handle it yeah. and i don't this is why i'm really for like having people take a year off before going travel or just get drunk for a year like <laughs> work for a year i worked for a bunch of years beforehand um and it took me longer to graduate from high school so there was a lot of like maturing and growing in that time but not even that, not even just the like living longer thing. What I was most confused about was that they had no computer skills. Like the the teacher, like I'm going to say maybe half a dozen times had computer issues. And they once waited till I got back to the bathroom from the bathroom because <laughs> no one knows how to fix it but me. Because they're all using iPads and phones, right? Like... Yeah, and like, and I was talking to senior correspondent about this, like being very confused because they didn't know it was something about VLC player, mm. and we realized it was because they've never had to pirate anything. Oh yeah, obviously, they've never had to use a bootleg <laughs> video player because you know your your Windows media player won't won't do it like they've never experienced having to go to the high seas they don't know what torrenting is oh i mean of course some Sh- of them shout do, out to our but... old friend divix popping up in the middle of a <laughs> middle of a recording <laughs> sesh to let us know the codex got to be updated or you can't watch that fucking perfume interview clip from 2004 you wanted to watch yeah like there's a whole set of skills that we got when computers were developing that Again, I'm generalizing. There are kids out there who know, like, mind-bogglingly more than I will ever know about computers. Like, coding is just very familiar now to kids. Yes. Like, they have much more access to it. I don't know. I know, like, a little bit about HTML, and that's it. I know coding is language. You have to get the language right if you want things to work. That's, like, the basis of it. Um but just the general skills, um, knowing that – so the teacher accidentally lost the input from her computer to the, to the like, TV screen, and they're all like, turn it the channel up and down. Some kid was like, put it on three. I was like, whoa, are we in the 90s? I was like, find the source. I was like, it's that button. Press – there we go. Like they had no idea. It was so bizarre. 
so yeah, that was also a very strange experience. Just thinking about how the age of computers you lived through also informs how you approach computing. Nothing will make you feel older than being around kids is the, is the takeaway. Oh, yeah. Their concerns, they're like, it makes me scared about like having my kids around phones. I've literally, I'm not even pregnant and I've been looking up um, devices. So apparently there's a watch that you can use. It's basically like low jacking your kid light. <laughs> like, like it's a, a watch that you can see their location and they have like four numbers they can dial from the watch. And like, so you input the parents' numbers and they have like a camera on it, but there's nothing else except for that and the, the watch feature and a map feature, right? Um, Listen, and I'm like, I remember the first time I watched, I remember the first time I watched like a three year old unlock an iPhone and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, he's getting fussy. I'll just give him, you know. The, my friend had two phones, a dummy phone for the kid, for the, kid to like mess around with and his like proper phone he just kept an old phone when he upgraded um and you know the kid was getting fussy he was like you know three or four and he just like you know tossed him the old phone so he could play like you know bubble pop or whatever and the kid fucking knew he was like three years old he knew like how to swipe and how to like hit the home button and stuff i was like what is happening to children's brains yeah so it's actually apparently really bad for them so i'm like how mean of a mom can i make myself like, how how much of a foot can I put down with the other pressures of being a kid and, you know, kids around you having stuff that you don't have? Um, and it it's a very complicated question. But I'm sure one day on the podcast, I'll, I'll have to actually ask it about my small larva. Um, <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. The small larva. At the beginning, yeah, when it's in this weird larva stage where all it does is sleep, eat, and poop. <sighs> well, friends, there is no news. I looked. There was one item that was more of a follow-up to something we talked about last week. Uh, and that is Tatiana Maslany is saying now she's not playing She-Hulk. What? Oh. Did you see this? Um, I have not. This made the rounds. She, <laughs> this is the most Canadian story ever. Uh, Tatiana Maslane was giving an interview to the Sudbury Star about her work as a uh, juror on the Glenn Gould Prize. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. But they just, you know, had to ask her about She-Hulk. And this is the quote she said. And again, it's like, is she not playing it or is she clearly playing it and just something got out sooner than it should have. Um, Maslane said, quote, that actually isn't a real thing. And it's like a press release that's gotten out of hand. It's totally not. I've been connected to these things in the past and the press has gotten onto it, but it's not actually a thing. Unfortunately, when the interviewer pointed out this news had been covered in major outlets, Maslane said, yeah, I don't know how these things get. I don't know. I don't know. You know, better. I have no idea. Laughs. Sounds a little like they're contractual things that I have to do, but like, right. Like in, Three months when it gets announced formally, it'll be have been the worst kept secret in Hollywood this year. But it's still probably like whatever the hiccup is. <laughs> I'm sure Maslany would love to do it. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want a Marvel check? And like Marvel, she'd be fucking great. So just if you're the hang up, get over it. Just hire her. Give me a She Hulk show. Well, I just really quickly skimmed the Mary Sue article about it, and someone was commenting about how like. 
you're like obligated not to talk about your casting right until they like make some type of a na- type of announcement and like saying like I'm I know it's probably like a weird time for you. So yeah, it's either probably like they're finishing up contracts or they've just told her don't comment it on it at all and she's in between a rock and a hard place, right? Yeah. I mean, one one, one headline on this story, one headline of the story that I saw was like Tatiana Maslany, who was clearly playing She-Hulk, says she's not playing She-Hulk. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's that type of thing. You know, the Marvel has Marvel is a part of Disney. Disney is very meticulous about how it controls the release of information, right? Like they and Marvel is as well. You know, in years past, it's always been, you know, you had fucking. Chadwick, RIP to the God, come out for the first time at San Diego that year to announce that he was going to play T'Challa. Like, you know, and nobody knew beforehand, but he was just like brought out on stage at Hall H. Like, that's the type of way they do things. So, like, some errant news bit getting out and catching momentum through the news outlets was probably not how they would have liked to have done it. So, you know, you shut it down initially, and then in three months, you announce it formally when you have something more to show, probably. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, only news option that's really out there. I do have a heart out today because I got to work like a chump. Boo. Boo. So I suppose Boo. we should probably just move on to updates if there are anything z- oh my God. to update. So many updates. Oh my God. This is what happens when we take two weeks off. Your girl, your girl goes, hey. I know. All right, hit me. But I'm going to go through it relatively quickly, okay? And if you have any uh, questions, as I said to the uh, members of the room when I was showing them my PowerPoint, if you have any questions, just wait till the end, and I'll answer them then. Just write them down. Um, I, I do write them down. I write them down for the so I can do the hashtags later. Well, there you go. Um, TV. I tried watching a show called Get Organized because we know how much I love organization. And it seems like it was Mary Kondo light. It was more about like Ooh. not as much as like dumping. Now Mary Kondo's all okay. I should she does it very elegantly, but basically, basically it's like get rid of your fucking stuff. Get your shit. Like just like no. <laughs> um, but this is some, seemed to be more like these are things you can do to organize your stuff. Obviously, you'll have to call some of it, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, it was terrible. I literally could only get through, like, the first five minutes. Um, basically, they were doing a bunch of celebrities, and they were all, like, blonde-haired white women. I'm like, oh, my God. Gross. And I was like, I cannot. Um, second, uh, senior correspondent and I have been going through Treehouse of Horror. This is Simpsons, of course. Oh. Um, but... We have found out, and I didn't know if it was true or not, but there are basically eight years where Treehouse of Horror is fantastic and not so great after that. Well, you have just described it. The Simpsons as a whole, I feel like. Oh, I think, yes, I've, I'm thinking that is like, I know that thesis is out there, and I, I agree. I think I wa- sort of stopped wa- watching it sort of like where Treehouse of Horror, that high, high water mark happened. Mm. Um, but we're going to keep on watching, see what happens. Cause we've got like, so we did like, I think we're on 10, maybe 11 episodes of Treehouse of Horror. So 11 seasons. And we've got like 30 seasons after something of the Simpsons. Like, I don't even know how many, but tons of episodes. Um, so we'll see how watch, that goes. Watch um, your bandwidth. Are you unlimited? That's how they got me in the summer. I am. We are unlimited. Good. Okay. Um, Lovecraft 
uh, country. I'm basically caught up. I believe this weekend is the season finale. I believe so. Um, we will see what happens. Um, Lower Decks, uh, I believe the season finale happened of that, was phenomenal. It was so good. There were so many things that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. Like, I always talk about how there's different layers to Trek fandom. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, Chris is obviously, like, very, knows all original series stuff as well, has watched all of Enterprise. He must have seen TNG and DS9, like, five times each. Like, he's very devoted. Um, and there were things in, the, in that episode where he was like, <gasps> and I was like, wait, what? What is it? What is it? Um, so it's a lot of fun watching with him because he'll get excited about things. And I'll be like, I, can't, I, I understand that it's probably a reference to something, <laughs> but he can tell me like what it's a reference to. Um, finally, movies. Uh, I believe I've mentioned Transformers 1986 animated film before. Senior Correspondent's um, favorite movie. Yes. Uh, we watched that again because it, just for fun. And it's it's actually like they have moments that are really good. Some moments are like, wow. But some moments are really good. Um, the mute, the soundtrack. I was going to say, I was going to say, the first, the moment that's wow is when the fucking hair metal version of the theme song starts. <laughs> Yes, that's that actually wow. is really good. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie recommended to me by one of my housemates called The Beautiful Fantastic. It is this genre of British film that I don't – I want to come up with a good name for it. Um, it's like – it's about quirky characters and gross and – uh, people coming together and friendship and someone dies, but it's okay. That's, there's like a very specific type of <laughs> British film that has all those elements. And they're like through the ages. I'm from like the eighties. Um, and I don't know. It, they're great fun. It's, it's not exactly a romantic comedy. Um, it's like a, I don't know how to explain it. I'm going to have to look it up. And actually, you know what? Let me take a second. Look up the beautiful, um, fantastic on the Google. Radio Magic. Okay, so it calls it a romantic drama film. But it's not, it's not that. It's a little dramatic. I feel like you have to have some more elements in there. There's like magical realism and... Oh, some people have compared it to Amelie. That's oh, twee, twee. It's that's a term that's used. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I think it was panned by um, reviewers. Um, ooh, sixty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> anyway, it was fine. It was fun. It's one of those films that it's not too heavy. It's not too light. It's just right. It's very practical magic-esque. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a warm bath that you can go back to, get feels from. All good. All also, it's about gardening. So. Yeah, it's about gardening. Um, uh, then I watched uh, David, uh, David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet, oh, which is a Netflix Should have known you were going to watch that. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I honestly was actually wanting to watch a documentary while I was doing my typing lessons, which I'm very behind in. Uh, I had a big problem with B. I was really bad at typing the letter B. Um, but so, sidebar uh, before before you get into David Attenborough, Netflix. Yeah. Fuck your thumbnail selection. Why? Because it's a fucking humpback, like oh, underwater. I, oh, I didn't know it was. I didn't know it was a humpback. Oh, that's that's it's some bad. sort of fucking whale. I don't know what kind of whale it is, but fuck you. Either way, Netflix. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but so I didn't know what it was about. I thought David Attenborough did not know it was devastatingly sad, all about how we are destroying our planet. Oh yeah, didn't look like a fun trailer. Didn't make it look like a fun hang. I did not see the trailer. Um, I just was watching it. And then thankfully, uh, best friend Stuart saved me because he called me and I told him what I was watching. And I'd only gotten through like maybe uh, 20 minutes of it. And he was like, oh, you mean the super depressing film that now we're destroying our planet? And I was like, wait, what? I mean, I could see it was talking about, you know. Trailer made it sound like there was, there was optimism to it as well, but... Well, I haven't gotten through the whole thing, so we'll see. I started watching it again, but yeah, I did start getting very sad. We just the the speed at which we are destroying our planet, and um, animals are going extinct and being lost, and ecosystems um, being devastated. That is very hard to watch, but very fun. informative and interesting. And fun fact for y'all listeners: don't let corporations make you think that fixing the planet is your responsibility it is not it is or government theirs. i hate the whole like it starts with you no it actually starts with policy of the government not letting corporations be fuckheads shots fired the fucking flame takes from katie mack beef season you want beef season <laughs> i'll give you beef season shots fired. Shots fired. um then finally uh, senior correspondent and I, <clears throat> uh, we love a good Halloween film. Mm-hmm. And we've been thinking about, like, well, that's why we started watching um, Between Us of Horror. Right. Um, you know, just, we like spoopy Spoop. Season. Spoop season. Um, yeah. Uh, and I have seen Hocus Pocus once. Senior correspondent has never seen it. And I was like, well, maybe we'll give it a shot. I haven't seen it in a long time. It is not as good as some other... Halloween films. I don't know what people are on. We could not get through like 15 minutes of the film. We were like, this is so bad. Shots to Hocus Pocus. Um, and I was talking to Ren, uh, another uh, best friend, and saying how bad it is. And she's like, I just watched that. She's like, it's like one of my favorite films. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> It's not like I don't think it's aged particularly well. That so far the teenage characters are the worst. Um and yeah, I just I don't know. I don't understand why people like it so much. So I might try fun, and give it another shot. Fun fact related to that. Yeah. They gave Hocus Pocus a theatrical re release this year. Yeah. Because I don't know, apparently they're just like, you know, <laughs> trying whatever <laughs> to get people to like try to go to movies. So bearing in mind that we are in a pandemic, but yeah. Hocus Pocus grossed uh, over $3 million in 10 days. It's surpassed Empire Strikes Back as 2020's highest grossing re-release of the year. That, that makes me really sad. Y'all be loving Hocus Pocus out there in 90s, babies. I just, there are 
so many better Halloween films. So many better Halloween films. So that's unfortunate. Unfortunate, but it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and I just want. I just want to read. I just want to read the last paragraph of this Forbes article that I went to like make sure I thought I had seen this note about Hocus Pocus. So I wanted to like get it proper and I ended up on this Forbes article. Um, once again, instead of discussing second weekend holds for venom, there will be carnage. The first batch of seasonal Oscar contenders and, or if Warner brothers remake of the witches open well enough to justify the expense, I'm discussing the re-release of a 27-year-old movie, passing the total gross of the re-release of a 40-year-old movie while speculating if the upcoming reissue of a 2019 cult favorite will outgross both of them. Don't forget to vote. Amazing. Um, I said I was done, but I actually lied. Oh, God. So, Jordan, you know how I'm not a particularly big gamer? (laughs) Like, of the Vidya variety? Yes. Yes. Yes, of the Vidya. Well... I and a couple friends have discovered Among Us. Okay, explain. This is good. This is good. Okay. Explain Among Us to me. I'm a, I'm relevant. Um, you are relevant. I'm not. I thought I was relevant so, for Fall Guys and then Among Us, this old-ass game from is so popular again now that they put Among Us 2 in the can because they were like, no, the first game's so popular, let's just make that better. Explain Among Us to yeah. me. It looks like okay. Doodle Jump. Uh, well, like the, I think the graphics is something that um, lets people who maybe don't play a lot of video games like feel more comfortable with. Um, basically, you are uh, all characters um, who have been asked to fix a spaceship. Yes. Well, say like the spaceship's wandering in space and you don't know what happened to the crew or whatever. And you, you get your crew gets put onto the spaceship and you have to go around fixing things. Except one of you is sabotaging the spaceship. Right. Uh, if you've ever seen the film, I think it's called Sunlight or Sunshine or something. Yeah. Basically, there's a murderer saboteur on the spaceship, but nobody knows who it is. And they can either kill people or they can sabotage different systems in the ship. Um, and it's up to the crew um, to figure out who that saboteur is, uh, who the killer is. Um, and there's lots of different ways to play the game. Um, as someone who becomes the, if you become the killer, you can either just go around murdering people or you can play a long game where everything's fine for a while, but then you start sabotaging systems. You can sabotage systems early. You can, you know, find different ways to basically fuck things up for people. Um, And, again, there's also two different ways to play in that either you're doing it with random people from the Internet, so you have to use uh, basically when meetings are called, whether a body is found or someone calls an emergency meeting, you guys can chat to each other to try and figure out who it is. Um, Or, like we did last night where a bunch of us are on video chat, you can talk to each other and say – okay, I think it's, you know, Luke because he has a terrible poker face. Or I think it's this person because they're really good at being the saboteur. Um, Anyways, so it's actually tons of fun. It's very uh, similar to games like um, a game called Mafia. Right. Where someone's the hitman. Or a game I really like to play uh, called 
I think it was called King Arthur or called Avalon or something like that. Anyways, um, basically you are Knights of the Round Table and one person is Mordred and one person is Merlin and knows who everybody is. I can't say anything. And anyways, I like games a lot like that. So the fact that there's a video game version of that is a lot of fun. Any questions? Not, no. Thank you. Thank you. Summarize that yeah. very effectively. Yeah. So if you like games of basically mystery and horror, um, this is the game for you. It's a great like Halloween time game. Um, what is this available and, on? What are you playing it on? Uh, so you can play it for free on your phone. Oh. You get um, you get ads like at the end of the round, right. but honestly, they're so short, don't even notice them. Um, on Steam, the game is five dollars, um, but navigating is really it's much easier with your mouse. Otherwise, you can navigate on your phone just by touch, or there's like a, a joystick yeah. um, that you can use. I the joystick, stupid. Um, so I use my phone. But I'm thinking of getting the Steam version only because um, I have a lot of trouble navigating. I like, I'm the person who like walks into walls a lot. But you're like, what is that person doing? <laughs> um, yeah. So and the and like, it can be a lot of fun because there are times when you see someone murder someone, right? And then you have to convince people that you are not the murderer and you've seen somebody else. Hmm. Whereas there are times when you can actually just frame someone. If you see someone see you, you can call an emergency meeting and go, oh, well, that person, I just saw the murder, this person. And they'll be like, no, it was you. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm accusing you. Don't try and get out of it. So there's a lot of that um, and a lot of bluffing and, and it's a lot of fun. And actually speaking on a microphone? Um, well, yeah, this is if you're doing it with people you know. Otherwise, yes. if it's just random, like a, a random game, there's a chat feature mm. where you guys basically do it via text, okay. right? You're just like, no, it's a yellow, this person, I saw this person do this and this thing. And you only have a certain amount of time to chat, and then you can vote people off the ship. Mm. So you hopefully have you've spaced them. Um, so hopefully you spaced the right person because like happened to me several times because apparently I can't convince people of anything. They spaced me accidentally. Um, <laughs> someone accused me. They're like, no, I think it's Caitlin. And I was like, what? I was like, I was fixing the, the like engine. And they're like, well, I didn't see you. And you, and I was like, exactly. And then they spaced me and they're like, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> I was like, thanks guys. Out in space. And as a ghost, and this is actually the best part. So once you're dead, you, you have a little ghost figure. No one can see you, but you can actually go around continuing to fix things, which, of oh. course, is my, my dream come true. Yes. So you still have something to do, right? It's not like you're around, you're out, and, you know, so you can still help um, win the game. So, yeah. Well. We're both oh, and then th that's the video game thing. Um for board games, um, we have recently played three different board games. Board. One being Five Minute Mystery, which I don't know if I've brought up before. Um, or no, Five Minute Dungeon, sorry. We played Five Minute Mystery, and uh, I definitely brought up Mysterium before. Um, all three of them are great games. Um, the Five Minute Dungeon game is great, and they're the same people who made the Five Minute Mystery game. 
which is basically their cooperative games. All three of them actually are cooperative games, which I really like. I mean, it's fun to be competitive, but you can only take so much before somebody snaps and does like a monopoly or they like flip over the board. So it's good to have some cooperative games on deck. Um, five minute dungeon and five minute mystery are just what they sound like. Uh, in five minutes, you have to get through a dungeon. It's basically all card based. Um, five minute mystery, very similar. Um, there is something where you have to figure out like a code where they give you that. Um, it looks kind of like a, uh, I don't know, um, Try to think of the things that something it looks like it could be something from like a, a one of the mummy movies where you have to move things around to get the correct shapes to mm. unlock something um and then mysterium i brought it before but um senior correspondent for my birthday bought me the game it's quite expensive but it is beautiful and it's a lot of fun basically it's clue but one person is the ghost that by giving you cards uh, tries to help you figure out who the killer is and like what which weapon was used and where it was done. But the cards that you're given as the ghost are very abstract dream cards. Um, so you have to try and figure out how the person you're giving it to will interpret it and hope for the best. Um, so yeah, all three of them are really, really fun games. And if you're looking for something to do inside during really miserable winter weather, these would be them. And now I'm done. Well, all right. Yeah. Caitlin is dwarfing me this week because I have a social calendar again. I'm out here being cute, y'all. Um, so I haven't been sitting on my ass just, you know, absorbing content like I normally would. But I do... I uh, did finish up my two regulars that have been made an appearance on like the last nine shows. That's the boys and decadence. They both wrapped last week. Decadence. Mm-hmm. I mean, typical anime ending. I mean, not like not typical, typical anime ending as whereas like, you know, everybody turns into goo or something or like, you know, what is the meaning of life type of thing. But I mean, if you are left wondering if it was this, you know, trying to be this whole, scathing capitalist critique on one hand what did it replace it was all about bringing down the system if you want to think too hard about what it replaced the system with Mm. it may not hold up your mileage may vary that's all i'll say about that because i I do still want kate to finish it one day um the boys i had mentioned before that i needed a win and fucking wrote it out right to the end but i finally got one of a sort (laughs) Okay. Uh, nice. you're, not, you're not done, right? So I'm not going to... No, I haven't even started. You haven't even started? Somebody's been watching it. Nope. Somebody's been watching it on Caitlin's Amazon, right? <laughs> I have like seven people on my... <laughs> you really time. do. You Jesus really do. Oh, uh, fuck you, Bezos. Every time I fire it up, there's like nine profiles on there. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin, for allowing us to rob Bezos. Um, no, it did. I mean... Did Homelander die? No. We knew that wasn't going to happen. Although, fun fact, uh, the last time you see Homelander is actually a scene that was filmed in the first season and was planned for episode two. But it was the one thing Amazon shot down. But by season two, they let they let Kripke put it in. I heard that on the Chris and Andy show this week. So look forward to that when you get around to it. Uh, wallpaper shows. I still slowly kind of meander my way through. Uh, Shit's Creek. I think I think there are a lot of people who have like 
been partaking in it with the post Emmys bump. And mm-hmm. some people are a little harsher with their takes I've seen on, on Twitter. <laughs> the phrase, when does it get good? I've seen mentioned a couple times. What are you expecting is what I ask. It's a sitcom. Yeah. Like from Canada. It's a, it's a, it's a comfy Canadian sitcom. Did I, did I laugh? I'm still only like six episodes into the first season, but I mean, did I laugh when, uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, uh, bang one out in a stranger's cabin and discovered that the residents were there the whole time? Yes. Yes, I did. This is not, this is not changing the world, but nobody does a horrified face like Eugene Levy and I will laugh and I will enjoy it. Um, Speaking of Canadian sitcoms, I don't know. I don't know why I dip my toes into this every once in a while. Maybe it's just the, the the Toronto in me. But like, Kim's Convenience is on Netflix, and sometimes I'll dip my toes in that. Kim's Convenience is like, I believe, for those who don't know or have never encountered it, it was like a really like I don't want to say revolutionary, but like it was a really kind of sort of groundbreaking play. It was a huge hit for this like indie theater company in Toronto. And when has that ever been a thing? Like <laughs> when a play, yeah. like set the world on fire about this Korean family who owned a convenience store called Kim's convenience in Toronto. Um, it was written by a guy named Ince Choi and it was produced at soul pepper. I was dating a drama teacher at the time. So I know all this, like it was a huge deal and a huge success and it toured Canada. And then they adapted it into a TV show. And I think it's like a real fresh off the boat type of thing where you had something that was really kind of like edgy and groundbreaking. And then you really kind of neutered it into a TV show. Like Kim's convenience is not a good show. <laughs> it's real. Is real broad and basic. And I mean, is representation good if they're putting shitty stories? I don't know. You have to tell me Koreans or do you feel, I know, I know y'all love the show, but I just look at it as like the jokes aren't very funny and you can see them coming from space. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but that's on Netflix too. I mean, check that out and let me know if it's suitable as a wallpaper show for y'all. You know, sometimes I just need something on in the background while I'm frying pierogies and that's what both of these shows do. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of game relevance, Kate. Yeah. I cannot get enough of Genshin Impact. I don't know what that is. That's the thing I talked about a couple weeks ago, the free Breath of the Wild knockoff. Oh, yeah. Kate, it's a solid fucking game, just on a game. Forget waifu collecting, forget any of that stuff. It's just a solid fucking game to just, like, wander through and, like, explore this giant-ass world. And I've heard the complaints about the game. It's now, like... You will get to a point where you have to grind to level up your characters. Like, bear in mind, this game is free. So it's going to put a chokehold on you at one point. Right. It's going to say you can't do certain things until your adventurer rank is at a certain level. And how do you do that? You wander around, you fight enemies, you open chests, you do dungeons. They put another chokehold regarding some of these dungeons where, like, you can only access them if you have, you know, enough resin but you only get 120 resin a day it regenerates but i mean you can blow through it all in like half an hour and then you have to wait 16 hours for it to like regenerate fully which i mean i guess if you're 15 and have nothing to do but play genshin impact all day but i mean i have a life to live so i really haven't noticed that like i can't do stuff in the game yes the drop rates are terrible if you're pulling for waifus and weapons but i mean anybody who's ever played a gacha game like expects that But what I've been really impressed by is just, I mentioned last time we talked about it, this element system and how the elements react to each other. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm getting the sense now that they want you, there's like a quick, you have four characters in your party. They all correspond to a button on the D-pad and you can switch on the fly with the D-pad. So if you're like fighting with the main character, you see some, you know, giant fucking minotaur off in the corner with a giant wooden shield. You like flip to your fire person 
bloop, and she just blips in. If it's the archer, you shoot from a distance, or if it's, like, the Chinese chef, she, like, throws her little, like, panda stuffy and just blows fire all over the place, sets the grass on fire, and the dude's, like, shield will catch on fire. If you want to be really nuts, you can, like, then switch back to the, the main character who uses wind, shoot out a wind attack, but now the wind is, like, a fiery inferno that just, like, devours everything. Oh. Or, like, I, I recently, like fiery inferno. <laughs> they recently gave away, she's the first, like, healer character kind of really so i mean she's not like an offensive powerhouse but she's the only character i have that uses water not ice they got water and ice as two different elements so that's weird but i mean like you'll see the little icons when uh enemy is like afflicted by whatever elemental status so i mean you sub in with barbara bloop and she like shoots a couple times you know shoots a couple water balloons at people now they're wet bloop you slip slip to kaya who uses ice and he freezes them all instantly so if you just want to break if you're fighting somebody and you're getting pinged by arrows off to the side, you run over to them, switch to Barbara, make them wet, switch to Kaya, freeze them, switch back to the main character and go back to what you were doing in the first place. Because now they're frozen and they can't attack you. That seems like a lot of switching, though. It can be, and I think I'm realizing that that's what the game wants you to do. Because I didn't really switch much at all. Like, I'm at the point now where my main character was OP enough that I could just use her for everything. And I would occasionally, I'd only switch between, like, the Fire Archer when I had to, like, you know, ping off dudes from a distance or her because she was just like kind of tanky um but i'm seeing the benefits of like the quick switch in and out to like especially on some of these dungeons where you're like you know running a gauntlet and you have to like burn through stuff quickly it's going to go a lot quicker to make use of these statuses than it is to just like hack and slash your way through like that's what the game wants you to think about and again for a game that cost zero dollars i spent seven dollars on the game for whatever like pass thing gives you like you know 90 gems a day type of thing um yeah for a month i spent the seven dollars on that the game cost me zero dollars i've only spent that seven dollars um it's a good ass game just like it does that thing where like if you decide there's like a good fast travel teleport system around the map type of thing but like if you decide to if you're like if you don't teleport right near your location i never I'm like fucking Billy and Family Circus. I never get to where I'm supposed to go in short order. Right. I fucking wander around and I look over here and I go, can I climb that thing? What's that over there? Like, which again, was what everybody loved about Breath of the Wild. It makes nerds smash their PlayStations, but I didn't get to play Breath of the Wild, so it's really fun. Um, <laughs> you babies. There is a co-op mode, which I have not really still messed around with. Uh, the homie Pops is playing it as well. So, I mean, we tried to like find each other and we could not easily. So oh there's no easy way to play with my friends. Uh, some randos have popped in once in a while, but the pisser is then they end up taking a slot on your, on your uh, character select. Oh no. Yeah. So, I mean, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna pop into my world and uh, remove my ability to summon Zhang Li whenever I want her. You jerks. Um, yeah. I mean, soup's fun. And even it's that, it's that Skyrim syndrome, right? Where like, I've realized I haven't touched the main storyline in like five days. Like you could play Skyrim for six months without ever solving the crisis <laughs> of the like, you know, Stormcloak <laughs> civil war. Like yeah. that's the, that's the thing I'm noticing in, in Genshin Impact as well. Like I said, cheap is free on your mobile devices, your uh, tablets, if they work well enough or on the PlayStation as well. Like Kate said, these things are generally probably more fun with like a better interface than a touchscreen, but have at that friends. It's spoop season. Ooh. It is spoop season. 
So we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to get spoopy, but not scary. Yeah, we are. It's an important distinction. <laughs> we'll get it's into It's a very important distinction. <laughs> Makes things a little difficult sometimes. We'll get into that when we come back from this break. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other and we actually have, and they're spoopy. But but before we get into that, we have some rules. Yeah, we do. The first rule being the rule of three. If the thing comes in parts or episodes, we will watch three of them. So the thing we are watching has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. And they did, so we did. Yes, exactly. It was great. Matching up. Matchy, matchy. Matchy, matchy. Second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is, we will not talk about things about the show before we are sitting in front of these microphones, which Jordan blatantly broke. Listen, I hadn't talked to you, like, all week. (laughs) I missed you. I just wanted to shout one word in your messages. So I did. We will talk about that when we talk about the show. And a third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. How can um, you spoil this? Things Lisa. that are – you can't. All you can do is awkwardly tell people about it and get them to try and watch it over and over and over again like I've done to certain friends. And they're probably really annoyed by now. That's really good. But before we get into it, we said we would talk about the distinction between scary and spoopy. <laughs> Spoops. Um, so, scary or even spooky. All right, we'll go, we'll, no, spooky something else. We'll put spooky over here for a sec. Scary is something that is legitimately frightening, like scarred you when you were a kid, like Chucky. Yes. Um, or um, any... Uh, anything with jump movie. scares, anything that's trying to scare yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. Um, where the music does that weird vibration thing that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Um, I cannot watch those. I don't like the sensation of being scared. I have a really weird imagination where I'm legitimately scared of the dark at some points. Um, even watching things, I, I, was talking to a friend about this. One year, a senior correspondent went on a work trip to California, and I was at home alone for a week. And I decided it was a great idea to watch um, all of these like mystery shows about women who had been raped and murdered in their apartments. You're such a weirdo. Um, so, and I got really freaked out. So, not good for me. So, even and spooky is like kind of kind it, of frightening it spooky plays it hand. plays in the, uh, spooky is like okay yeah spooky is like scary is like juan spooky yeah. is sabrina and yeah spook- and, I'm, and i'm okay i'm okay with spooky like but there are still moments where i'm like Ugh. um spooky though <laughs> stuff that plays with those elements but is not like you know overtly scary or disturbing it's the adams family yes 
it's Frankenweenie. It's Nightmare it, Before it, Christmas. It's Yeah, and spooky is like stuff that like kids probably shouldn't watch when they're really young. When they're but really spooky young. Spooky is yeah. good for spooky's good for everybody. So we got a couple spooky selections for you this yeah. week. We like to alternate, so we're going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me that she's been yipping about for months. Yep. Uh, that thing is Gravity Falls. Now, I am a very late comer to Gravity Falls. Uh, Gravity Falls ended in like 2016. Was it that long ago? Uh, yep. And so I am quite behind, but I think a lot of people are. Um, I think with the advent of the, the Disney streaming, um, a lot of shows like Gravity Falls got sort of like a second coming. Mm. Um, and we, the senior correspondent and I had heard quite a bit about it. Uh, people had, hadn't really told us to watch it, but people had sort of, you know, in our feeds and stuff and like, oh, it's so good. Um, but I don't know why I wasn't attracted to it. I don't know if it was initially the animation, which now I just find delightful, or what it was. But I just didn't – was not on my radar. Uh, we ended up watching it finally, and I adored it. So it is – Gravity Falls is an American animated mystery comedy television series created by Alex Hirsch for Disney Channel and Disney XD. The series ran from June 15th, 2012 to February 15th, 2016. The series follows the adventures of Dipper Pines and his twin sister, Mabel, who were sent to spend the summer with their great uncle, or grunkle, Stan. Stan, who is actually voiced by Hirsch. Um, in Gravity Falls, Oregon, a mysterious town full of paranormal forces and supernatural creatures. Uh, the kids help Stan run the Mystery Shack, the tourist trap which he owns, while also investigating the local mysteries. Which is basically all you need to know. There's like a lovely cast of characters and like weird people from the town of Gravity Falls. Um, it's very much like a coming of age story in some ways. Um, and all of the weird things in the forest or in the surrounding area that uh, Dipper and Mabel um, investigate, mostly Dipper, um, are also crazy and weird and fantastic. Um, the writing is fantastic. It is really good. Like, laugh out loud. Even rewatching the first three episodes, there were, like, laugh out loud moments, which is really hard to get from me, actually. I don't know what to, uh, to say, except as it goes on, it gets better. It really, really does. Um, and it becomes one of those shows, kind of like community, in which you're really sad when it ends. And you are just, like, desperate, <laughs> desperate for any other Gravity Falls stuff you can get your hands on. They did a series of shorts, and I've, like, consumed all those. Um, they did a really, really good good job with this show. But enough about what I think about it. About it, Jordan, what do you think about it? I frankly can't believe it's a Disney show, to be honest. Right? They got away with so much. <laughs> it's, it's way too smart to be a Disney show, I feel like. I expect much more middle America, uh, you know, I would say not like the show's offensive, but I expect much more like, you know, inoffensive, completely bland. Like, this is why I don't fucks with Disney, really, because it's just like, it's for the, Disney cast the widest possible net. This is not a wide net show. No. By any means. It definitely captures, uh, it's targeting the, like, you know, it's targeting the indoor kids. It's targeting the weirdos. 
and does a very good job at it. Kate glossed over the main point, which she has not when she talked about the show previously, but maybe she's letting me get to it. It's just the Mabel show. <laughs> it's just the Mabel show. Uh, and Kate had mentioned before yeah. that Mabel is her. And at first I thought she was maybe being a little, like, you know, aspirational there. But every time Mabel uh, punctuates a statement by going, beep, bloop, bloop, <laughs> and poking the person <laughs> she's with. Or in episode three, where she's sitting with Dipper, knitting, watching a mystery show called Ducktective. <laughs> about a mystery-solving duck. I, like, threw my remote onto the bed and immediately grabbed my phone so I could just scream Ducktective at Caitlin McKenna. Um, honestly, the first thing I did when I was done was like, okay, but how long is it though? And it's like 40 something episodes for the run, which seems a little long in the tooth for me. And I don't know if I have it in me for that. I did zone out for a couple cause it's a kid's show and I am going to zone out at a certain point because it is a kid's show. Mostly I'm going to zone out when Mabel's not on screen. Um, <laughs> if Mabel ain't there. it should also be said Mabel is voiced by Kristen Shaw, who's also the voice of, oh, what is her name on Bob's Burgers? The rabbit-eared kid. I can't oh. remember her name. She also voices yeah. the youngest daughter on, on Bob's Burgers. She's a fantastic voice actress and comedian in general. Um, and just immediately, the life she brings to Mabel, I think I read in the wiki page that like she has said that Mabel is like the closest to her in real life. And Hirsch was basically like, I would have thrown the whole thing out if I couldn't get her to voice Mabel. Like... That's who that's um, who he wanted when he created the character, and if he couldn't have got her, he's like, I don't know what I would have done. I probably just would have like <laughs> walked away and canceled the whole and, thing. And, and um, like the show, the the show is so Mabel and her brother are and Dipper are twins, and that's actually based on Alex and his sister um, Ariel, I think her name is, mm. um, who are twins. Um, and based on their relationship as twins, um. And how, and that's why the relationship between them is actually a good relationship, because he wanted to show a positive relationship between siblings, mm. which you don't often see on television. No, they're often at odds I, and competing, and yeah, and they have their moments. Like he, him, and Ariel have very openly talked about, like when you have a twin, you're born sort of like with this best friend, but also this person you can never get away from. Mm. So it's the show is about like a lot of different things, and one of them is like finding your own identity. And like Mabel is very much a tween girl. There's episodes where, well, even says in the first, I think episode, it's like she's boy crazy. She's in her boy crazy. And, yeah, yeah, and she like wants this epic summer romance. And there's lots of stuff like that that actually I never went through, but is a very fundamental part of her character, which is also this like naive uh, positivity. And um, I think that's actually a nice thing to show. Um, he's much more of like a cynic and conspiracy theorist, theorist, and uh, that's shown as well. But again, like you said, it's a really smart show. It's really, really well written. And as the episodes go on, it gets better and better and better. I mean, and other things I just want to shout out from the three episodes that I watched. So the first episode is like, you know, they have arrived. Um, he... Dipper finds, like, some book in a tree. Obviously, there's more going on. Obviously, Grunkle Stan is, you know, has a long history with the occult and the spoopy um, that I'm sure all will be revealed as it goes on. 
but it will like, you know, initially Mabel meets this boy. He says his name is Norman. He's clearly ain't right. <laughs> and the initial, and they nod to it. Cause this book that, uh, Dipper finds is like basically like a rundown, like history of all the weird shit that's happened in gravity falls. And is he talking to Seuss at that point? Who's like one guy who works at the gift shop or the, is it, it's a park, right? The mystery shack. Is it like a park or just no, an just, attraction, it's a, a museum? Uh, just a museum. A museum of the weird and wacky. Right. So Seuss is a guy who works there and some often accompanies, seems to often accompany them on their little, their little misadventures. Um, and like when Dipper goes to like, I think Mabel's boyfriend might be, he like whips open this book and it's like, the page on gnomes he's like oh no not that one and he flips to like zombies he thinks he's a zombie he's not a zombie he's actually a bunch of norm gnomes tied up or piled up on one another it's a bunch of gnomes in a coat that's basically <laughs> what it is so i mean i loved that i loved that the end of the fucking episode so you know as with most things stuff will play as the credits roll maybe a little extra scene or jokes or whatever this scene they just brought back the footage of one gnome who gets cooked like kicked off by Mabel or Dipper, I don't know who, but he gets kicked and he kind of rolls and he stops and he starts puking rainbows. Ha ha, funny, no one's puke rainbows. The end credits was just that shot of him puking a rainbow for like 45 seconds. <laughs> it was like amazing. I'm here for that. Um, I think the second episode was the one where they were like looking for a sea monster or something and they were supposed to spend quality time with Grunkle Stan, but then they wanted to like run off and go look for the sea monster. <laughs> and Uncle St- Grunkle Stan is like... <laughs> heckling the happy families that he sees <laughs> and it's this fucking he's watching this like grandfather and his two and his two kids he's like oh that's a good looking fish there boy and the kid, the kid just goes pop pop i think i just realized i love you <laughs> and then from like the distance you just hear boo <laughs> <laughs> uncle stan is like actively heckling them the show is much much funnier than it has any right being for a Disney show. I did not expect that at all. I mean, I knew I'd see merch for the show. So I think I saw it like, I I think this is why I thought it ran longer than it did. Cause I'd see merch at, you know, major Canadian retailer. There's some like huge tome that looks like the book Dipper finds that we would get in once in a while. Um, only ran. Yeah. Only ran for two seasons, 40 apps. And like, honestly, it might become the wallpaper show. If I'm being totally real about it, it might take, and, it might take the shit's Creek spot for like, you know, pierogi frying background noise. And it, and I do have to say like, it, it, it parts, it gets dark. Um, like you'd be, I'm surprised. And that's what I'm surprised even more so than like how smart it is for a Disney show or what they get away with is how dark they end up going. Um, so we'll we'll check in again because we're definitely senior correspondent and I are definitely going to rewatch it now that we've started. Mm-hmm. We've always talked about rewatching it. Um, also, uh, I will have to talk to Jordan off air about something because um, I need him to like look out for it um, because it's just it blew my mind. Basically, that was when I knew I was like in deep with the show, and I ended up like Chris and I consumed the show in like I think it was a week. Um, like we would just watch so much of it uh, immediately because I was like, that is amazing. Um, and you'll get a couple of things, moments like that in the show where you're like, wow, that was good. Um, and it just hooks you in even further. Also, um, I mean, shouts to that Disney money. Cause when you have the third episode be about, you know, 
a wax museum, wax museum figures that come to life, <laughs> you can have wax museum Coolio voiced by Coolio. You can have wax museum Larry King voiced by Larry King. You can have wax museum uh, Sherlock Holmes voiced by John Oliver. Like, yeah. Um, and also, um, the other thing about this show, and I think this is very important, and I think this definitely has a uh, – it definitely make one of the reasons it makes the show so good is that Alex Hirsch always knew he was only going to do two seasons of the show. Mm. They didn't get canceled. They actually really wanted him to do a third season. And he said, it's like, nope, that's no, it. this is the story I want to tell, and I feel like if I try and extend that – that's going to be a problem. Um, well, it's really so, it's, it's the one summer, right? Or is it two summers? Yes. it's it's From what I remember, yeah, it's just the one summer. That or maybe there is an episode where they come back, but I'm pretty sure it's only the one summer. Um, anyways, but that, yeah, that is the the story that they tell. And, and that, again, is part of the reason why once it's done – you feel great, but you're also desperate to go back um, and to, like, hang out with these people again. And I feel that a lot in Community and some other shows where you're like, damn, that's too bad. I'd really like to hang out with everyone again. And that's hard to do on a show. There's lots of shows that that run and just keep on going, and it sort of loses that magic. Um, and it's something to be said for, like, how we feel with connecting with characters. Um, also, bleep bloop. Bleep bloop bloop. Bleep bloop. Um, oh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to look at Alex Hirsch real quick. He's apparently an uncredited screenwriter on Into the Spider Verse as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting career this fellow's had. Well, that's on your Disney Plus. You watch it cheap as free if you have a friend, as I do, or if you have children, yeah. you're, you're probably already paying for it. So Never check mind. that out. And if you got if you got if you got weird ass kids. And they haven't seen it yet. Definitely park their asses in front of that. It's a, it was a good time. Better than I was expecting. So shouts to you, Katie Mac. Yeah. So and? when it, Oh, God. Kick punches. Uh, kick punches. Like an eight. Oh, wow. Okay. It's definitely. I mean, it's an A. Settled into it real easy. Went down real nice. Made me actually LOL a few times. Like, what's, what's wrong okay. with that? Moving on. So the thing I gave Caitlin, um, I initially had things that may have fallen more on the spooky or downright scary side of things. Um, cause my experience with a lot of, you know, October themed, uh, content is more, uh, existential dread and horror <laughs> type of thing. And I don't have any new Junji Ito to give her. So I was like, what, what else is out there that I could give her? And I thought I was going to give her this movie by, uh, Takashi Miike, who is one of my, I don't know if I call him one of my favorite directors, but I mean, he made his bones doing like really graphically violent and gross type stuff. And then also apparently for the last five years has been making that idol show, um, you know, live action Sailor Moon type, type shit. So he's a, he's an interesting cat. And I thought I founded this really like harmless movie about, uh, you know, dancing zombies and stuff at a bed and breakfast that he had done straight to video a few years back, but it's didn't quite pass the Kate test, the hypothetical Kate test I had in my head. So <laughs> I described the scene that I had seen that made me go, mm, maybe not. And Kate said she might've been okay with that. So yeah, maybe it wasn't graphic. It was just weird. Like Tim Burton claymation weird. So mm, maybe, maybe next year. Y'all. I'm fine with weird. And that, that's just spooky. And I'm, I'm okay with spooky. 
maybe next year. I'll give myself some time to uh, to rewatch that and see if it passes muster. But the only other thing I could think of that I had watched recently, and I was like, I didn't even watch much of it, but I was like, I kind of dug it. Maybe we'll check this out. This was the fabulous title, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. <laughs> it's the Toilet Ghost anime, y'all. Uh, this is based off of a manga series by Iro Aida, serialized in the Shonen Manga Magazine Monthly G Fantasy since 2014. It's still ongoing, I believe. This anime ran from January to March 2020, is animated by Studio Alertia, which did School Live, among other things. And I mentioned at the time, I thought it was really like a stylish anime. I don't know if it has the substance to make it a good watch, but it's definitely just a gorgeous show to watch. Um, I was really struck by like the character design. Um, again, I don't know if some of the choices were stylistic or budgetary. It does a lot of, a lot of panning still shots in this show, which is anime trick number, number three for saving money. Uh, but what is this show about? Uh, Kamome Academy is famous for its rumors regarding its seven mysteries and supernatural occurrences. I am of the belief that every high school in Japan, every middle high school, whatever has seven mysteries. They love haunted high schools in Japan. Nene Yashiro, a first-year high school student who loves the occult and wishes for a boyfriend, summons the seventh and most famous mystery, Hanako-san of the Toilet, a girl who allegedly haunts the bathroom and can grant wishes for the right price. Upon summoning her, Yashiro discovers that Hanako-san is nothing like the rumors say. Hanako is a boy. With the turn of events, she is spiritually bound to Hanako and becomes his assistant, helping him destroy evil supernaturals and change rumors in order to maintain the balance between the spirit world and the human world. Along the way, Yashiro learns about her connection to the spirit world and the dark secrets regarding Hanako and his past. <laughs> really love making that noise. Uh, this is on Funimation, cheap as free. I think it still counts as a simulcast, so uh, you can watch it on there for zero dollars. You just have to sit through ads, which may run your episode back to the beginning after the ad break finishes. Funimation, get your shit together. Took me 90 minutes to rewatch the third episode for fuck's sake. Anyway, like I said, I thought this show was kind of okay. And rewatching it this time when the third episode ended on a cliffhanger, I was like, oh, I may have to, I may actually have to stick with this through, through spoop season, but it doesn't matter what I think. We're here to talk about what Caitlin thinks. Katie Mack, how do you like toilet ghosts? Who's this show for? Interesting. Good question. Because at times it's extremely it's, it, childish. It's in a shonen magazine, times, which means it's for young boys, but it also deals a lot with a girl looking for romance, so Yes, and at times it's so at times it's extremely childish. And at times it's extremely girly. And at times it's extremely uh spoopy. And at times it's weirdly sexual. <laughs> yes. And I could not figure out who this show even <laughs> If you said, like, 12-year-old boys, I'd be like, eh, for different reasons. <laughs> um, I mean, looking for love is a universal problem, so that's fine. It's classified but as like, a shonen, according to Wikipedia, which would make it, yeah, the teenage boy market. But I can't see the One Piece fans really uh, gravitating to Toilet Ghost. Yeah, and, and I realized, actually, while watching this, that Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter is a Toilet Ghost. Never struck me. Now it did. <laughs> Glad I figured that one out. Um, so, senior correspondent and I watched this. I may have fallen asleep during the second episode because um, I was. It was. It wasn't. There were times when it was engaging, but there were times when it was really boring. 
um, there were times when I was like, oh, that's weird. And times when I was like, that's funny. Um, and times when I was like, oh, that's so grossly sexual. Um, and she's like, a she's a child. And it was just a very confusing time. Now, I did watch the fourth episode. Did you? Yes, because Bo, we got to the third episode, and both of us looked at each other, and we were like, it's late, but we kind of need to know what happened here. Do I need to watch the fourth um, episode? <laughs> you should watch the fourth episode. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know what to think about this show. I, it's tonally, it's all over the place. Um, like, the, even the, the, the toilet ghost himself is at times, like, kind of creepy, but then at times is, like, you know, doing peace signs and being, like, gee, <laughs> um, and all, like, cute, and then at times seems like he's hitting on her, and then is, like, no, I actually just want you to work hard. It's I'm so confused, Jordan. I'm so confused. <laughs> he, like, he, like, gives her the back hug and is, like, holding her hands, and he's, like, he's like you know, stay with me forever, because he's putting a mop in her hand, and he's, like, to clean this bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then I, her, I don't know what's going on with her weird radish legs. Um, <laughs> I think it's just a joke about her having, legs. I think it's just a joke about her having thick legs, but yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot. Um, there is a, a scene you haven't got there yet at the very end of the fourth episode where they have like a third companion join them in the second episode. I don't know what he is or where he came from because I fell asleep. Um, the exorcist kid? Matter, the blind Sorry? kid? The blind kid with the yeah, pole? Yeah, the blind kid. He's an exorcist. Yeah. He tries to exercise. Oh, uh, okay. I, I thought maybe he, he had um, those. Okay, I know that this is – it's like Shinto temple things. It's the stuff Ray had in Sailor Moon. Yes. I know I've butchered all of that. All I know, that's how I know it from. He's got the seals, uh, right? Little papers that like – That's it. Yeah. Yep. So I figured it was something like that, but I legitimately, it was like, I was halfway through second episode and I fell asleep and then I woke up at the very end and I was like, I'm sure everything was fine. <laughs> now there are some funny things. It's fine. And there's a kid that sh showed up. Well, I'm sure he showed up in second episode somehow. <laughs> okay. Let me fill in some breaks on second episode. Cause I think there were some things on there that, uh, that I liked about the show, which is, the relationship between Exorcist Kid and Hanako-kun, initially he wants to exercise him. He's got this, like, you know, pole with the jangles on it that can, like, you know, shoot yes. shoot lightning or whatever. But yeah. it hurts him as well. And Hanako-kun basically defeats him and seals the uh, the pole because he's like, you're not ready to use this yet. Like, it's it's hurting you too. And you see he's got all these, right. like, burns on his hand. Um, he's like, listen, when you're strong enough, come back. You want to exercise me? We'll figure it out then. You know, very anime type of Vegeta Goku type thing. Like, you know. Right. Um, the thing with the bunnies, so the second episode has to do with one of these rumors about, you know, you know the, the ghost, the little sprites that, like, steal things. If you've lost something, it's a little sprite that took it type thing. But um, it, it isn't. It's a giant eye creature. But it is. Because, and this is a detail, did you hear the bit about how the rumors work and how they affect the apparitions? No. Apparitions have to obey the rumors that exist about them. Oh. So the little bunnies don't want to be that way, but because that's what people say about them. It's kind of like an American God's like, you know, things don't stop existing because people believe in them. But it's like a twist because like, right. 
the alternative is oblivion, right? You either don't exist or you be the thing that people say you are. Okay, so then here's another issue. So <laughs> if that is true, why does the toilet ghost not look like a girl? Uh, great question. Also, this brings me to another issue I had with the show. What are the fucking rules? Still, like, still establishing, I think. Well, there was like that thing that was that thing brought up about boundaries in in the third episode when it's like you know the haunted stairwell. You step on the fourth step and you like get absconded and like people like are like erased from everyone's minds. But then, like, but then. The, the the spirit there like wants people to help construct this thing that sh- will be like her teacher crush but if they don't they get turned into dolls but sometimes their heads are just missing it was very confusing <laughs> there didn't seem to be any rules about what could or could not be done but at the end of the fourth episode so Shinto boy he's been helping them fight this spirit yes and he ends up, he's just like a stuffed, like a stuffed boy, like this tiny little cute kawaii little stuffed character. <laughs> and they like totally forget about him in the hallway. He's like, wait, they forget about me? And I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, it was just a very, like there are parts I legitimately liked about the show. And like you said, it actually looks really good. They use a lot of different almost styles to to put it together, and I actually like that. The, just um, even the thick lines on the characters is not something I generally see a lot in anime. Like, it looks... It's weird to say about an anime show, but, like, it looks drawn, like, the way the ink work on, like, the characters and, like, the way they're shaded and such. Like, it's... I find it hard to describe. I don't quite have the vocabulary for it, but, I mean, it's a, it's a much inkier, thicker line used on drawing the characters than you usually see in anime. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... You're right. Know. You're right, though. You're right, though. There's a there's a lot going on. I forgot how like like you are correct in the who's it for, and there's a lot going on. And what are the rules? I have I have no I have no retort to any of your quibbles about the show. Like it's doing interesting things, but it's kind of all over the place. Like like second episode introduces Exorcism Boy has that whole bit establishing the rules of rumors, plus solving the mystery of the little like you know rabbit sprites that are like uh stealing stuff like it's like that would be one episode per in most anime and <laughs> just shoved all that in at you over the course of 20 minutes like yeah but i'm intrigued if you watched episode, if you were intrigued enough to watch episode four you're gonna make me go back and watch episode four yeah well i i do like again there were points where i was like oh i really want to know what like happened partly because i'm confused <laughs> i want to <laughs> know like what are the rules who is the spirit like what is her, I can't remember what they call it, but it's basically like their batteries, like their energy source. Right. It's like a, a sacred object. Um, and like, I wanted to have answers to questions, but sometimes they also give you more questions. Um, curious about the critical consensus on this show. Um, Cause you know, I never want to give you a, a recognized stinker, but it was, you know, yeah. time was of the yeah. essence. I went back and checked afterwards. It's like, do people like this, this show? And I kind of skimmed uh, like the last paragraph of a uh, episode twelve review on Anime News Network, and they were kind of like, eh, "The story's not done, and they know it." So I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> it's one of those." 
It's like fucking Dorohiro, you know, something that we were, they just knew they weren't going to get to everything or they weren't going to wrap it in one season and just kind of left it all on the table. So that could be frustrating perhaps, but especially when it's asking as many questions as it is so early on. But So I, I don't know what to get. I think I give this a seven, but fair. like sometimes a six and sometimes an eight. <laughs> like depending on what they're doing at that moment in time. Right. I don't like the main character, unfortunately. She's very screechy, which we know how I feel about that. She's very screechy, but um, sometimes will surprise me with self-awareness. Like, initially, when you're, like, rolling your eyes at her in the first episode because she, you know, wants yeah. her crush to to love her back. Well, why does she love him? He picked up her pencil case. And I'm like, are you seven years old? Like, what? And, and she, yeah, you're right. She does have that whole moment where she's like, I don't really love him. I just want someone to care about me. Yeah, but I, even that was done, as, and you're like, ugh. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. There are moments of that. but And then she's just being saved constantly. I'm I mean, like, she you is. Pass yeah. sexy lamp test, please? Like, <laughs> do something sexy that, like, helps in some way. Anyways, but so, yeah. So, it's like a, it's a very weird mix. Like, the whole time I was watching it, I was going, who is this for? <laughs> it's, a, it's not it's for a me. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be for anyone. Why did this get made? get made who funded this why do people keep going giving money to adam sandler like there's so many questions i told you you don't want that answer caitlin they're haunting me <laughs> anyway so but if you're a huge anime fan give it a watch like again even the the style of it is very interesting um and it does some interesting things it's a very stylish um, show yeah and, fits the season yeah yeah and you know we're all going to be lost inside for months on end still so Add some more TV to your list. <laughs> you need that content by all means. Well, friends, like I said, that's at Funimation, probably on Crunchyroll too, but Funimation Funimation has a buggy app on a PlayStation and Crunchyroll has a broken app on a PlayStation. So, I mean, pick your poison. And uh, hit us back if you checked it out and what you thought of it. Uh, that, I think, is just about going to do it this week. We will have one more week of spoops. Next week, single topic. Girl Katie recommended, uh, what the hell is it called? Vampires versus the Bronx? Yeah. Which is on Netflix. Someone said, someone said this just is, looks like Attack the Block. And I said, why is that a bad thing? <laughs> no problems with that. So that is on Netflix. I have only seen the title card. I haven't even seen a trailer. So we will check that out and get back at you next week. And really, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be a great episode, but it's just filler, y'all. We know what you're here for. We know what you're waiting for. You want to get some crap. You want to get some crap. And you're going to get some crap. Or you're going to get some crap. It'll be here before you know it. We hope you will join us for it. Friends, if you've got suggestions for Crabathon, if you've got a, you got a stinker in your beloved treasures that you want us to check out, hit us up on the Twitter at GeekDownPod. Get up off Twitter. Let us know. We will plug our nose and dive right into that because there's nothing we love more. We wait for it all year. Can you imagine if we just made this yeah. show? If we just altered the focus of the show and just had to be shit <laughs> all the time. I mean, it would be an interesting change. I mean, we'll see how 2021 so, goes. So it'd be very on brand for this year if we just did nothing but shit for the rest of it. But anyway, friends, thank you so much for joining us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope that you will join us next week for a very spoopy episode of the Podcast. Mm-hmm.